I'm obsessed with it. Hello, my name is Fraser and this is Jibsessed, the podcast where I chat to people I can't get enough of about what they can't get enough of. Obsessed. We'll find out what they're obsessed with. No, <laughs> not the Penang curry. Who they're obsessed with. A sea cucumber. And maybe even some dirty little secret obsessions. Don't yucky yum. This is what I mean. We need to know more about these things. I'm so excited that you're here. I worked a wedding yesterday with the most botched gays. Oh. It was fucked. Anyway. Sorry. No, tell me about it. It was like the only gay people at this wedding and they, it was like, one of them had just really botched jaw and the other one had really botched cheekbones. Damn. And I was like, oh, that's really unfortunate. But you found each other. Yeah. You know? They're like... Do you reckon they find it hard to kiss? Oh no, they would fit each other's faces. Like yeah, if one's like, got a big jaw and one's got a big cheek, Like cheek a bone. puzzle. It's a bit like yin, yin and yang. Yeah, like little blocks <laughs> fitting into each other. <laughs> I'm just imagining like they had both the mask. You know the, the movie The Mask? Yeah, no, Jim that's exactly what they looked like. They looked like The Mask. <laughs> Completely. And I would like go around and offer them things and they'd be like, No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want your fried bread balls. <laughs> you make fried bread balls? No. I would say no to... Oh, no, no, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, to. you'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't even like. Yeah, I wouldn't have, wouldn't to, even say have to offer. They'd <laughs> be like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> hungry. <laughs> yeah, Yesterday at my job, I'm like eating a bowl of pasta and going to my coworker. You reckon anyone else is gonna eat this? <laughs> and she's like, "Do you want to put more in your mouth right now?" I'm like, "It was then that I saw myself from like an outside perspective." Oh, don't you hate that when like something happens and you have a moment like. An out of body experience Literally. where you're watching yourself and just thinking you're astral projecting. Oh, who is that? Yeah. Oh God. You're like it doesn't land quite how you think it's gonna land, and you go, mm, I've suddenly seen myself, and I don't like what I'm seeing. Not at all. No. I want you to like do your shit. Do my thing. Yeah. Do your thing. Okay. Welcome back to Obsessed. I have a wonderful guest with me today who is a dear friend of mine, Milo Libere. Definitely not how it's pronounced, but that's so fine. <laughs> Milo Libere. <laughs> Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> Milo Libere. Um, Milo is actually my old housemate. They are a chef at Fratelli Paradiso, if you've been there in uh, Potts Point, and they also work for a Plenty in Catering. Uh, they've done a degree in psychology, um, they've done quite a number of things really, but they're just so an all round legend and yeah, I'm really excited for you, you guys to hear this conversation. So welcome Milo. Thanks. I love a uh, legend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a legend. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know why I said legend. <laughs> legend feels really like blokey. Yeah. Oi champ. Well, to be fair, when I heard Milo at the door today, I was like, who the fuck is that man at the door? My, um, my testosterone voice slowly changing. Yeah, but I've seen you, like, obviously. I know, but I feel like every time I see you, it's like maybe a week or two in between. Mm. And it does change that quickly sometimes. Yeah. I remember when Milo started taking testosterone (laughs) and they just turned into, like, this teenage 
boy that was having little panties <laughs> and like little constant little microaggressions. No like, way. They were punching me on the arm and I was going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, girly. <laughs> what are you, a wimp? <laughs> no, but I do remember when you started taking testosterone and it took you like three weeks before you had more facial hair than I did. Oh, yeah. And that, I wasn't very happy about that from, for me. Uh, you should see how hairy my ass is. <laughs> it's I have. Yeah, literally. Your ass is one of those things that you constantly get out. I'm always getting that thing out. <laughs> I, like, I'm like, go to you. You have a great ass, but do we all got to see it all the time? Well, I honestly think that when I started taking testosterone and it got so fucking hairy, I kind of put it away for a while. <laughs> oh, I kind of went, oh dear. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Suddenly it's like a jungle down there. <laughs> But that's like the thing that, ha- like, that was the first thing that happened was like the hair, I reckon. Mm. Like, oh my God. Just, just forest. Everywhere. Everywhere. You could get some nair, put it down there on your butt cheeks and like. Yeah, I could. I do a little trim sometimes. Oh, I did. You recently. trim your cheeks. I, tr- I trim my, oh, not my cheeks, I wouldn't say, but like <laughs> crack and like outside of crack, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Clean, 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 clean. <laughs> Post shower with an electric one going, mm. yeah, 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 okay, over my engorged clitoris. <laughs> yup, <laughs> that's a hazard. <laughs> I'm like, you need to get those one ones. slight slip. I'm like, oh, 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 dear, there it goes, there it goes. Well, <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Did you know it's actually Trans Awareness Week this week? Oh, is it really? <laughs> um. I think I knew, I thought it was Trans Awareness Month. Do you know how I knew that? No, I think it's month because Pornhub has a little trans flag. Really? Yes. And Maybe I went it's... on and I went, hmm. <laughs> I you don't love, like, Trans Awareness Week, though, do you? Or no, month? I do. You know, I actually thought that this was going to come up because I've been quite recently thinking about how I think I, like, um, I think I've been a really palatable trans person for a long time, just because I am uncomfortable with making people uncomfortable. Like, it's about me. And I'm like, like, I do it with my family, I do it with people, like, I don't, I often don't correct people, or like, you know, I don't kind of have my back sometimes, because I'm like, scared of making situations or people uncomfortable. And so I, it it makes me like, a very easy trans person for cis people to be around. Mm. They're like, oh, it doesn't even feel like it's a thing. I've had people make comments to me about like, oh, I love this gay guy because like he's not super flamboyant mm. like other gay guys. Mm. And then similar comments about me as a trans person. And I'm like, it's never really sat right with me. And I think I like finally figured out because it was like about my own discomfort and probably like, you know, shame and insecurity and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't really want to, I don't want to do that. Like, I love being trans and I love trans people. And like, I want to like rock it more and be like, let's fucking go more. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Yeah. So it's more like trans, it's trans awareness year. Yeah. Trans awareness life. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do it. No, that's so good. Cause I, I I just, I brought that up cause I like trans awareness Mm. month because I just remember, um, a couple of years ago when I think it was Trans Awareness Week and mm. 
you've said you found it frustrating that people would message you or like expect you to post on Instagram and things like that about that day yeah that week I think I'm like um it kind of ties into the same thing about like having internalized stuff Mm. and being probably a bit insecure and like not super comfortable with myself and then as I've gotten older and more comfortable with myself and like more proud of who I am I've like felt less pressure about it yeah and just like kind of eased into it a, Mm. a little bit more yeah I don't know I don't know I think I there's when I was like a bit younger and I was out and there was often like a reaction from people of like yes like king like take up space like you know like you're worth it and i was like what (laughs) what the fuck is that like that annoys me (laughs) like take up space i'm like what are you talking about shut the fuck up (laughs) i'm like i'm literally right here yes literally slay king my trans king my prince and I'm like, ugh. My little joker. Yeah, my liege. My, my knight, jester. My jester. My court jester. Like any, like, gender neutral. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of, like, don't fuck with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I am wanting to be, like, I'm a, I'm a completely proud trans person, but I want to own it more. Mm. Because I'm, like... I think it just comes with being more comfortable and like liking myself more. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this is really great. Definitely. And like having more trans people in my life. I'm like, Oh, I finally see what, what's missing. Mm. I'm like, like you don't, I don't notice it until I have it. And then I'm like, Oh my God, obviously that was what I needed all along. It was like just community. And then you get it and you're like, Oh, it's, I don't know. It's just like makes things easier. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that comes like in every form, I guess, like no matter what group you're part of, Mm. if you have like, like like-minded people Mm. around you, it makes just existing so much greater. Yeah. I was talking, I think I was talking with Alana about how like, you know, sometimes it it gets called like an echo chamber or like a bubble, but it's kind of like, there's actually a lot of safety in that. I know that that's happening around me and I'm actively choosing it because that's my safe space. Mm. Like that's like people I don't have to explain my existence to and people who I don't have to like be nervous about correcting because there's just like an open dialogue about it and I can feel safe and comfortable and um I'm gonna choose that over like pushing my boundaries and like meeting people who like obviously that's important Mm. and it's gonna happen but I'm not wanting to put myself through more transphobic misery yeah. <laughs> than already has to happen. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's, um, oh, I completely agree. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Like there's, it's obviously different experiences, like of a gay man, mm. a trans person, mm. but there are definitely parallels yeah. in the experiences in for yeah. sure. finding queer community. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's literally it. Yeah. Which is why it's so great when I, when you moved in, <laughs> well, let's get into, um, why I'm obsessed with you, Milo. Um, I met you, it was like three years ago now? Nearly three years. Yeah. Yeah, which wow. is crazy. That is crazy. But um, I don't know, I was, I'd been living in Sydney for like four months and then we had to move house because of all this drama and we found this beautiful, um, like quite frankly, it was trashed house <laughs> in Chippendale um, and we needed to find a fourth person and we interviewed all these people and Milo just stuck out like, 
a sore thumb. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and in the best way. Um, and yeah, we were just like, no, I need, we need Milo in this house. We spent all of like the Sydney lockdown together and you've just become like one of my nearest and dearest friends. And yeah, I just love that you're so, you're wise beyond your years. Like I think anyone who speaks to you just knows that you have a lot of like emotional intelligence and you're able to hold people and listen to them. And I think that's just like an incredible skill to have, but we can also just be the dumbest people. <laughs> and that's, so smooth. Yeah. And it's just, I always have a blast when I'm around you. So that's why I'm obsessed. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> so but I was thinking this before when, when we talk, talked about the, um, uh, that conversation earlier. When I first met you, or when you first moved into our house in Chippendale, I had gotten into painting my nails around that time because I was like, yeah, I'm like a, I'm an F word. I mean, <laughs> my fingernails painted. But I was practicing different like styles on my nails. Anyway, so I got this like all these colors and I was doing all these swirls on my fingers. And this was like the morning Milo was moving in. And I had like a, I had pink, blue and white. <laughs> and I didn't realize what I'd done. It's giving ally. Until the doorbell rang. And I looked down and I go, oh my God. Oh dear. I just painted my fingers. <laughs> trans colors. <laughs> when this trans person has moved in. So, but I didn't have time to take the fingernail polish off because the doorbell had already rang. So I go to greet Milo and their dad. And I'm literally trying to shake their, both of their hands with my fingers curled so they couldn't see my fingernails. And I was just hiding my fingers the whole time. And it was just, oh, the shame. I... <laughs> the thing is, I didn't even notice. And then, well, you, mu you must have hit it quite well. And then I think it, you must have told Will, mm. who's our other housemate. And, and then it got brought up when we were all, like, hanging out or something. Yeah. <laughs> and Will was like, yeah... Fraser had painted his nails <laughs> the exact colours of the trans flag <laughs> right when you'd moved in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just thought they were nice colours and I still I stand by that. But just I mean, they are. The trans flag is literally so fucking cute. It's actually so cute. The non-binary flag, mm, a little ugly, but the trans flag is so cute. Like, yeah. pastels and, like, it's adorable. It's like a rainbow, like, Neapolitan yeah. scoop of ice cream. Literally Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> Yum. But, um, no, I'm, yeah, obsessed with you and super grateful that you've said yes to coming on the pod. So, thank you. Love to be here. But tell me, Milo, what are you obsessed with right now? Well, it's a really easy segue because what I'm obsessed with at the moment and what I've been obsessed with for like probably three years is Chippendale. Damn. And Shepherd Street specifically. 34 Shepherd Street. <laughs> Go and egg that house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, address leaked. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> no, I literally love, I literally love Shepherd Street so much. It, I feel like... So I lived in Chippendale, I lived on Myrtle Street um, for like just under a year, which is like round the corner from my place now. And then, yeah, I was moving out of that place and then moved in within like a couple of weeks or something. And I've been at that place now for two years. Yeah. Like Will and I have been there the whole time. I feel like a little bit of like 
the old man vet- veteran of Shepherd's Street. I'm like, I'm still here. I'm still going. You can't get rid of me yet. Because, like, I feel like as I've been there, so many people have, like, come and gone. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's such a cute community. Yeah. Like, you get... um, It almost feels like a cute neighborhood residential like family vibe yeah. but it's just all share houses like it's just all young people in their share houses and it's like such an open door situation mm. everyone's got their door doors open you unlocked. walk past unlocked dangerous <laughs> <laughs> um is there any recurring character that we see? have we have a guy that walks past singing at the top of his lungs <laughs> like almost weekly daily headphones on not a care in the world belting like he's screaming but it's like and he's not it's not in like a it's not in like a cooked way like it's in like a just genuine he loves to sing oh it's really really sweet yeah great street it's so good Mm. and then having laneway parties like except for with the other side of shepherd lane (laughs) with the bastards in the like high-rise apartments who are noise complaining all the time (laughs) i know do you remember when <laughs> I think our neighbors were like doing it? It was like a ten thirty yoga in the backyard that they mm. were doing, and they were playing some music while they're doing it. And um, a woman, like in the apartment building behind us, comes out into her balcony and is like, "Can you turn it down? I have a meeting to do, and it's really, really loud. It's really disrespectful to everyone that lives here." And Fraser and I are up in my bedroom, like, like window open like peeking and like <laughs> listening in on my bed like watching out like biggest sticky beaks and then she goes and i see you two in the window there and we just went oh we like kid right behind the window <laughs> sorry obsessed with chippendale obsessed yeah. with shepherd street um but tell me who are you obsessed with right now okay who i'm obsessed with is my head chef oh. um Trisha Greentree is her name. So Trisha Trisha Greentree at Fratelli Paradiso. Yeah, Fratelli Paradiso. I honestly, I feel like I get emotional talking about it. I love her so much. So I, this is the first kitchen job that I've worked in. I have no training or experience. I um, had a friend who worked in the kitchen and was chatting to him about it and said, oh, I'd love to give it a go. And because I was, you know, interested in food and liked cooking. Um, He was like, great, I'll give you the head chef's number. Gave me her number. I texted her. We set up an interview, had an interview. And it was like, we just sat down to have a chat. She was like asking me about what music I listened to, what my love languages were. Like we talked about star signs, like super sounds like sounds like a regular job interview in the west yeah literally (laughs) (laughs) but it's like a 20 year old like italian old school institution of like pots point yeah and she's the head chef there like yeah we had this interview and i said to her like i don't have any training experience she was like that's fine we can teach you here and so i started and i thought that it was kind of going to be like a prep shift here and there and she just went like gave me as much as I wanted Mm. and, and has been throughout the whole process. So like nurturing and like gentle in her approach and so different to what you think, um, like 
a head chef is going to be yeah. like. Like, the, you, you know, when you think about, like, a head chef, it's often, like, quite intense, often male. Um, there's a lot of kind of ego-driven. There's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of, like, um, like you're just expected to cop a lot of shit. And she doesn't... I, I've seen, like, other head chefs who are women who kind of, like, get to that level as well and they kind of have that same intensity. Mm. But she doesn't do that. She's, like, she sees it and she goes, I don't want to do that. I know it can be done differently. Like, she um, almost doesn't want to stoop to their level. If, if Has that been something that she's, like, consciously said to you? Well, yeah. We ended up once um, we were on, like, a lunch shift together and it was pretty quiet and we didn't really have much prep to do. And I kind of asked her, I was like, how did you start cooking and she told me basically her whole like career story from when she worked at like a Baskin and Robbins or something or like a Cold Stone scooping ice cream yeah. to like um, moving overseas to like LA and London and working in restaurants there and then working in like rural New South Wales at this like farm to table restaurant where they lived on the property they would f- like go out in the morning and harvest everything from the garden and then um, bring it back to the restaurant and they would all sit around a big table and prep everything together and then have the service that evening. Like, you know, she's gone from fine dining, really, really high intensity, specific, um, like intricate stuff to hearty, you know, she's done like dessert. She's done everything. Like she's told me all of it. Mm. And so she ended up kind of falling into this job she got pregnant and has since had her child who's three now and i think it was kind of maybe that process that shifted a lot of stuff for her where she went like it doesn't have to be the high intensity really quite masculine Mm. approach it doesn't have to be like that it can be gentle and nurturing because and this is where i connect to it so much is that she goes food is about uh joy and about, about creativity and about feeding people. Like, that's why you do it. It's, like, to connect with other people. So why should it be so removed from that? Like, mm. why can't the whole process be, like, fun and joyful and connected and emotional and sensitive? Like, why does it have to be really, like, rigorous and strict? And so the environment that she fosters in her kitchen is not that at all. Like, she she hires people, she hires a lot of women, she has queer people, like, she hires people who are soft and, like, connected and emotional and care about the food that they're doing. And for them, she she wants people who, it's not just a job, like, yeah. it's something they're passionate about. And, like, that's what, what she hires for. And she really wants to teach people. Like, she, you know, takes people on who don't mm. know anything and she's like, let's teach you. I am very in awe of her and have so much respect for her. Damn. Yeah. Do you feel like um, it's changed your outlook on things outside of work? Yeah. I think it's like made me realize that I can have that kind of gentle, nurturing, emotional approach to other stuff in my life. And I can just like foster joy and like love. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, like even in things that I am interested in, like hobbies, I don't have to be really like strict and rigorous about it. Like I can Mm. just do things that feel good. Um, 
I feel like that's amazing to have like a mentor yeah. like that, especially when you're starting yeah. out in, yeah. a, in an industry. Well, yeah, I think like with that situation, it kind of felt a little bit like I fell into it. Mm. It was a bit of like almost divine intervention. Like it just kind of happened. Yeah. And, it, and it, I'm so glad that it happened to be that kitchen and with Trish because I'm going in, I don't know anything. I'm like having crazy imposter syndrome. Like what the fuck am I doing here? But mm. she trusts you so much. Like that's why I think she's such a good leader because she doesn't micromanage. She just goes like, I know that you know what you're doing. Like I know you know how to do this. I'm going to give you what you need and just be like, do it. Yeah. And I trust what you put up for me. Yeah. Like, I trust that it's going to taste good because you know it tastes good. And then I have to, it, it makes you believe in yourself more. Cause I'm going like, what the fuck? Like she hasn't given me a recipe for this thing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never made this before. Like you just have she's, to figure it out. She's asked you to boil some potatoes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so like intricate thinking about it. Oh God. Is imposter syndrome something that you've experienced in the past? In the kitchen for sure. Cause I'm like, I haven't studied this or done any other training. And also it's a really male dominated industry and you see the people that succeed in it. And it's often like, male chefs yeah. and you know in the past it's like male chefs and and then it, there was kind of I think maybe a little bit of time where um, that was changing and then recently it's like you know the hot chef daddy vibe like the bear vibe like, that's me I'm like let's fucking go <laughs> um, just fo- it's just morphed into like a different thing where it's still like men being put on this pedestal of like as chefs yeah Um, and I'm seeing a lot of, you know, there's like, you know, great chefs. They're amazing. But I'm like, are you hiring women? Like, are you hiring queer people? Like, do you have those people in your, in your kitchen? Like, like, are you using that kind of, I mean, you know, not to be that person, but like, are you using your male privilege to like, upholster other people? Yeah. Like women and queer people. Because, um, I don't know. Now I'm working in with the Plenty girls and it's like all girls and it's fucking great it's so good and like it's just refreshing Mm. i just i don't know i i love working with women because there is more of that kind of emotional connectivity to the food which is like how i approach food i think i need to take a leaf out of your book and try to be more emotionally connected to what i'm eating because at the moment it's like how am i gonna what am I going to do with these moldy carrots in the fridge? <laughs> Honestly, same. Half of my meals at the moment are like, what can I take home from work for free? <laughs> Milo. Yeah. What's your secret obsession? Okay. So this was the one that I was like up all night thinking about. What I got to was, I feel like secret obsession is like kind of inherently a little bit horny. Yeah. Like I can't, my mind can't help but go to like, horny things okay so the horny thing that my mind was going to <laughs> is um like about breathing when having an orgasm breathing when having i know it sounds like a little bit simple but i feel like breath work in terms of maybe it's also like a, a vagina owner centric conversation about that kind of orgasm but i think i caught myself like like, the breathing sometimes has to be quite controlled. Like, it's specific. Okay. You know, it's like, my breath has to be... It's like about a rhythm, a pattern, you know. 
And then I caught myself kind of like holding my breath when I was coming. Mm. And, and then I saw something that was like, breathe when you orgasm, it'll change your life. I think that's literally <laughs> Where say it from? some like TikTok or something. And I was like, huh, interesting. And so I started doing it, like having a wank or, I don't know. <laughs> Flicking the bean. <laughs> Flicking the bean. <laughs> having a maz, if you will. Um, or in... Um, intercourse, yep. if you will. <laughs> um, and oh my god, like when I'm a, when I'm like getting close, and then I'm like conscious of it, and I start breathing. Literally the best orgasm I've ever had in my entire life. Damn, you heard it here first. What like just like the, more sensations? I, more sensations. You, it, it like extends it for longer because oh. you're like breathing through it, and you're kind of like half like putting like you're edging yourself by breathing, but also it's happening at the same time. Dang. And it was just like it's just wonderful. I wonder if that is a like vagina owner exclusive thing. Yeah, maybe. Potentially. But like uh, that could also be that just. But penis owners, try it out. <laughs> Let me know what you think. <laughs> but also, it kind of, it's it's a little bit horny because it's like, you can say to your partner like, breathe, in like mm. a horny way, mm. and then it's wonderful for them also. <laughs> Make sure you're breathing. <laughs> Don't forget to breathe. <laughs> but it's just like wonderful. Nice. So that's. I think that's what my secret yeah. obsession at the moment is. Because, at least for me, it's been really wonderful. I mean, if we want to circle back to testosterone talk, like, I'm I'm right in boy puberty at the moment. <laughs> my sex drive is like, turbo! <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm horny. <laughs> so, you've taken... I've, like, tried... Like, yeah, I'm, I'm using what I can. Yeah, yeah. You know? Your partner's like, well, back off, like... Literally, I'm just like, calm the fuck down. Can you chill out? How many months have you had been taking testosterone? I've been on testosterone almost two years now. Dang, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, at the beginning was doing a, like, this is my voice one month on testosterone, and then I forgot about it. (laughs) But, um, I think I'm reminded every time I see Fraser and Fraser goes, whoa <laughs> or like clocks me in the corner of his eye at the pub and goes who's that honky dude <laughs> i think that even happened when we were living together like i'd mm. walk to go for a shower and have my shirt off <laughs> and you'd be like whoa thought you were a dude for a second <laughs> i'm like well you know half right <laughs> well i reckon milo we can wrap it up um wrap it up but thank you so much for coming on the pod and it's been a really insightful chat and fun as always. And um, Thanks, Fraze. No worries. Love and you. Love you too. <laughs> yeah, thank you to everyone for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe <laughs> and do all the things and we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. <laughs>